0: Radio Fantasy Podcast. Yo soy Mauricio Gutiérrez, analista de Fantasy Fútbol. Tenemos otra plática fantasy y otra vez en inglés. Espero que ya estén aprendiendo un poco del idioma, porque la verdad les dije, vale la pena tener a gente que sepa mucho de Fantasy Fútbol, aunque sea en inglés, y eso es lo que estoy haciendo con esta serie. Hoy toca turno tener a Brian Drake, host de The fantasy football Hustle host of un show, The Pro Football Focus and Series XM, and finalista de Artículo del Año de la Fantasy Sports Writers Association. Brian, amigo, welcome to the Study of Fantasy Podcast for the first time.
1: Well, Mauricio, thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to talk to you and get in front of your audience and, and just have some fun. You and I had a blast actually getting to meet last year uh, and having a couple of uh, cervezas. See, I know a little... <laughs> l- know- I know oh, a little problem. bit of Spanish. Uh, <laughs> okay. I took four years of Spanish in high school. And I remember I got to the third year and my teacher came to me and she goes, I don't think you know how to conjugate a verb. I go, I have no idea what that means. You know, she's like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Here? <laughs> you were like, uh, put tequila, that's it, right? <laughs> oh, we had, a, we had to do a test where you had to give 10, they would give you a scenario. Okay, Brian, you're at a store and you need to do whatever. Every I had ten lines memorized that I knew I could do. It was about buying pants. Where's the bathroom? Where's the library? Like, like biblioteca. What does that have to do with buying pants? It doesn't matter. It counts as a line.
0: <laughs> ¿Dónde está la biblioteca?
1: Yes, and oh, I'm man. checking. I go. That's a line. Nine more to That's go. There is. Yeah. Now,
0: now you can you can do another lines for fantasy football like. In qué ronda seleccionarias a Saquon Barton? Which round would you select uh, Saquon Barton, right?
1: I'll I'll learn because we got to expand. Fantasy football is blowing up. It's not just a game here in in the United States. It's all over the world, people playing fantasy football. And really, it's a testament to guys like you who are bringing the game to the masses and uh, just including so many more people. So I'm, I'm so proud to be here and excited to talk about you know, all kinds of stuff going on in fantasy. Yeah. This is the time of year, man. NFL training camps just opened up. Let's go.
0: I know. I know. We have a lot to cover in this in this episode. We are going to talk about the Fantasy Football Expo. We are going to talk about the Kings Classic Fantasy League that we are going to draft over there in the Expo, in the Hall of Fame. And obviously, you already said it, training camp battles or things to watch for Fantasy Football is going to be a blast. Let's start with the Fantasy Football Expo, Brian. We met last year. We have a blast. We have an amazing time. 2022 looks to be, I don't want to say a different event, but I I feel like that it's going to be way more massive this year, right? Are you agree?
1: Oh, for sure. The amount of people that are coming into Canton, Ohio, uh, I believe it's on August 12th, 13th, and 14th for the expo. It grows every day. So you don't have to be a fantasy football analyst to go to this. You no, can just be a fan of the game. And yeah. they've got so much going on out there with the Hall of Fame, two party Friday night, there's a party. Saturday night, there's a party. <laughs> there's a poker tournament, There is which you're playing in, which we're going to yeah. talk about. Yeah, there's, I'm you know, getting I,
0: ready for my poker skills. I have to, to dust a little bit, but I'm ready.
1: I don't know anything about poker. My friend <laughs> Drew Davenport, he's going to run the event. I told him, if you need me to like check tickets at the door or refresh people's drinks, I'll help you out and do whatever. Cause I, you know, I like being a good friend and being helpful, but I don't know anything about poker. I would lose my money in 30 <laughs> seconds. One hand. I'm all in. Like I'm trying to win all it in with in one in hand, like a Hail with Mary.
0: Two, with a two and a three, eh, whatever. Right, is well, that good? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, two or three, it's a two three is a very bad hand. Man. You need aces. aces, an ace and a queen, an ace and a king. It's like having Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor in the same team. Oh, but two see, no, of three, I understand it's like, that. It's like starting your draft with uh, probably uh, Michael Pittman. It's a good player, but you don't want to start with him in your fantasy football uh, draft and probably a quarterback. So Gosh. in a non-superflex league,
1: eh. it's gonna it's gonna be big time. Are you gonna wear like sunglasses during yeah. it or? Totally. You know, so people don't – they? you don't get to tell. And, you, you know, you could have, like, headphones on, <laughs> listening to something. Yeah,
0: sunglasses and headphones, probably. Yeah, that's going to be my attire for the Icebreaker Poker uh, host by Football Guys and uh, Drew Davenport. The minute I, I, I saw the announcement that Drew Davenport was hosting that event, I was like, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I was planning to arrive to Canton on Friday, but because two things – I changed it to Thursday because of the poker tournament and because of my experience last year that I, I lost my flight in Houston, my connection, and I uh, arrive on Friday night. So I'm, I'm like, okay, one day uh, before, so everything's going to be great.
1: I'm with you. I'm driving in also. Last year, they canceled my flight at 7.30 the night before. I'm on a okay. golf course, and all of a sudden, I get a message from Delta Airlines. Oh, hey, your flight's canceled. Uh, there's yeah. nothing else we can do to reschedule you. Sorry. Have a have a good night. Oh. So I just go get an oil change in my car. I throw my bag in the back seat, and whoop, six hours up the highway. I'm in Canton, Ohio. Wow. Well, so I'm six not messing hours around
0: is much. not. It, it's not that far. It's, it's a lot, but it's not that far. Do you drive alone? Yeah. I
1: like driving alone. I can listen okay. to, you know, some podcasts. I can put music on. Stop whenever I want. Just kind of chill. I feel like if someone's in the car now, I have to like entertain them for six yeah. hours. And they might not like my music or you know, I'm a big like Howard Stern fan. If anyone listens to Howard Stern. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but you know, I, yeah. I'm going by myself.
0: Okay. Th- that That's great, man. And this year, like you said, we have a lot of bands. We have a flag football tourney, We have a QB skills challenge, a lot of parties. What's the most you're looking forward of events. And obviously, I know that the part that we are looking most is to see people, to see our colleagues, to see fans Mm -hmm. about fantasy football, to to talk about the industry, to put a face on persons we never met. I know that Drew, your your co-host, Dwayne, is going to be there, and you have never seen him right
1: I've never met Dwayne McFarland oh, in, in real life. We've been doing the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast for 5 years wow. and we talk just like how you and I are talking now over the computer. So it'll be fun to meet Dwayne and break bread with him for a few nights. He'll be there Thursday also. In terms of what I'm most excited, you know, I love flag football and I love, you know, these skills competitions. So you know, I'm I'm getting old, Mauricio. I'll be 42 oh. years old in about three weeks. We're so, young.
0: You're, we're young, Brian, please. We're young. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I kind of want to get out there and run around. But then I thought to myself, this is how you know you're a degenerate. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I have a draft in the afternoon. Then I'd have to play football. At some point I have to eat and then shower yep. to go back out that night. I'm like, I don't want to get sweaty and have to go shower because it's going to interrupt my beer drinking. Of so I'm like, I'll just do the quarterback skills challenge. You know, I am not an accurate thrower of the football at all. I am Drew Locke. I am Mark Sanchez. Like, I don't know where this ball is going to go, but I'm going to have fun trying to win some prizes.
0: Okay. At least you, you don't do a fumble. Everything is okay.
1: Yeah, now I'm from New York. <laughs> like Mark I'm Sanchez. Sure. the Jets. So we'll see. We'll see who's standing in front of me.
0: Probably, probably it's, it's a play that that can that can win you the the quarterback skills challenge. I don't think so, but probably. <laughs> and then we, on on Sunday we have the expo with a lot of panels, redraft, dynasty, IDP, DFS, high stakes, auction, you name it, you have it on, on the expo. Uh, Bob Long is doing a, a great great work with with this event, and we are looking forward to for it.
1: I'm so happy that Bob includes me in this. So, uh yeah. Bob's someone now I can call a friend. I've got to meet him uh multiple years going to this event. So kudos to Bob Lung, everyone, you know, check out his consistency guide on yeah, Amazon. Also, yeah. And great guy. He, I was so hungover last year at that <laughs> I remember sitting at one of the booth or the panels and I look up on stage and I see my buddy Drew, I see my buddy Doug Orth, and I'm thinking I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> People, are coming, they're coming up to me. They're like, "Hey, you're Brian Drake. I want to say hello." Blah blah blah. blah. Let's a <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, I don't have any food in me right now. I think I'm still drunk." Like, <laughs> and you then slept? I had to drive six hours back home. At what time did you slept on on Saturday? Oh my god! But you even slept? Anything? We probably got back to the hotel around four in the morning. Wow! I was out with uh, Doctor Jesse Morse. If you ever yeah. see him on Twitter, and Doug and Drew and. Some other people. It was crazy. I wish I was not um, drinking so heavily because Jesse, who is a, a real doctor and, and works with NFL players, w- was giving out great information about injuries and his <laughs> thoughts on players. And, oh, my gosh, that's a podcast right there. He is a wealth of information. Uh, but, of course, I forget it all the next morning because uh, I enjoy Miller Lights too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually stopped saturday after the the party in the centennial park mm-hmm. i probably i i drank another one or two beers from the hotel lobby and that was it my i didn't know that cold. there was a karaoke that there was a bar open i didn't know anything about that
1: wow yeah right i didn't here. know karaoke i knew there was a birthday party that we crashed
0: We went <laughs> oh, there for man. that
1: but yeah my wife is on me this year she's like every drink you have have a glass of water. Make yeah. sure you eat some food. Cause I'm a scrawny guy. Like I'm five eleven, about a hundred and fifty-five pounds. <laughs> so I'm like a Patriots slot receiver, right? <laughs> I'm like that Wes Welker, Danny Amendola type. And I need some food in me. Because otherwise these beers will hit me like yeah. you know, Ray Lewis going across the middle.
0: Yeah. I'm really worried about the the Friday party. Because last year we have well a event in the lobby and it was like An icebreaker and nothing too crazy, but this year we have a formal, official Fantasy Football Expo party at the Centennial Park, and I'm really worried about that, because the next day, 9 a.m., we (laughs) have to be in the Hall of Fame to do two drafts of the Kings Classic Fantasy League.
1: I know, and that Kings Classic League is no joke. That's a (laughs) 14-team league. (laughs) So folks, if you're out there and you play maybe an eight team, a 10 team is very popular, a 12 team, now add two more teams, 14 teams, and everybody's smart. Everybody yeah. knows what they're doing. It's not like you're, you know, your buddy from down the street you got in the league because you know you can take his hundred bucks. This everybody is sharp. So by the time you get into the third round, you're just looking around like there's nobody left to take. I'm done. <laughs> I'm taking my kicker in defense and going
0: home. Because we have three flags as well. Mm-hmm. So we, it's it's really a tough, tough league. And we have a snake draft and an auction draft. Man, it's it's a really tough morning. Enjoyable. I'm really looking forward to it, but it's really, really tough.
1: Yeah, it. if you've never done an auction draft before, I, I can't stress enough. You should give that a try, folks, because you know if you're drafting in your home league and you've got the 10th pick, let's say, you know you're not going to get Austin Eckler. You're not going to get Christian McCaffrey. You're not going to get Jonathan Taylor in an auction league. You could, you, that's how you could make your team. You could say, I'm going to spend all my money on these guys and I'm going to make the team out. I want to make it. And you know, I think it helps smarter players because you know how to value players. It's not just who fell to me in the course of this snake draft. And anybody reading a cheat sheet could say, Oh, well, this is the next guy. So I'm going to take him in an auction draft. It's not like that. You have to be on your game. So, yeah. It is a blast, and I, I need to make the playoffs this year in that league. You made it last year? Or, or, I, I, yeah, I did, did not. It. I had a great team. I had a ton of points, and then the last two weeks, my team just fell off, oh. and uh, I think I might have had like a quarterback injury or something happened, and um, I learned for the first time in that uh, two years ago, I, you cannot trade quarterbacks in that league. I had Cam Newton, and I believe I had Josh Allen. So I thought, oh, well, I'll be able just to trade one of those guys, right? Nobody wanted him, even though it's a (laughs) 14-team league. And So I I had to sit on these guys, and I could have used that draft pick, which is a lesson for everybody else out there. You don't need to take a second quarterback if you're not playing a second quarterback. If it's not a two QB league, let that second quarterback go forever. Get him off the waiver wire. You don't need to clog your bench when you could be adding another running back, another wide receiver,
0: or tight end. Yeah. More, more and value, more, more value over there. I did the playoffs in the Snake League. In the Auction League, it was a terrible season for me. I I think I was 10th? No, 11th or 12th out of 14th. It was really tough because I spent a lot of money in Antonio Gibson. A lot of money in Clyde edwards Lair. Oh, man. <laughs> you can't imagine. Yeah. They both crapped the bed for you this yeah. year. This year, there'll be bargains. You'll get those guys for nothing. I know. I know. And I'm actually all in. in well, not all in, but, but I really like Antonio Gibson's value, round fifth. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you can pick it up in round seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I think they're about over there.
1: I absolutely agree on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm scooping him up everywhere. I got him in the Scott Fish Bowl. Again, we Again, and we're going to talk about the Kansas City wide yeah. receivers in a little bit, but this is an offense, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is healthy, you know. You know they're going to move the football. He's going to get the goal line carries. You know, gone. I know we have Ronald Jones there, but who knows? You know, if he even makes the team at this point. But yeah. someone's got to get the carries. Someone's yeah. got to catch all the screen passes. It's an Andy Reid offense. They love throwing screen passes. Uh, they love checking the ball down. So he's going to have value. He just
0: needs to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. He 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 can, he he haven't stayed healthy in the first two years of his career. And I think he's going to be good. And yesterday, with the news broke that the Chiefs put it on the PUP list, I was like, oh, man, his ADP is going to sing a lot more. And today, okay, we're going to activate Clyde Edwards-Hiller. And I was like, oh. Okay. I know.
1: And that's why you can't overreact to these training camp stories and people will hear news that comes out like, oh, this guy caught a pass and they have a video of it on Twitter or yeah. Facebook or Instagram. And it's like, yeah, I get it because they're going against the fourth string defensive back or a coach or just on air like they're supposed to catch the ball there. Wait until there's actual some preseason games when there's uh, an opponent trying to stop them on the other side.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And even if we, do, we can't overreact to the training camp uh, Twitter reactions, we have to start overviewing those training camp situations, those training camp battles. Let's start with the Seattle Seahawks. They have two situations to monitor. The running backs, Rashad mm-hmm. Penny versus Kenneth Walker, the experience versus the, the rookie, and then the QB situation with Runduak and Gino Smith. In the running backs, who's your favorite to be the league back? in
1: this backfield so between Rashad Penny again former first round pick so he's got the draft capital and Kenneth Walker the rookie out of Michigan State Uh, you guys got to remember Rashad Penny last year was a monster over the final five weeks of the season he had four games Mauricio with over 135 yards rushing in that span
0: he was a league winner
1: yeah absolutely, and you probably got him off the waiver wire because somebody dropped him because again That's Rashad Penny, though he never plays all the games. He's always in and out of the lineup, playing hokey pokey with us. So, you know, we'll see if he can maintain that role all season long. Or you've got the rookie Kenneth Walker. He's a great runner. Thing he was electric at Michigan State, and he wasn't asked to be a pass catcher. To me, that's what I want to find out: who is going to play third downs in this offense? Because this team played so slow last year, Mauricio. Yeah. They ran the fewest plays in the league. Probably
0: it's going to happen this year as well.
1: Right. They're trying to get the first pick. Let's be honest. They're, they're <sighs> tanking this year. It's funny. Everyone thinks that the Seah- Seahawks are this, like, ground-and-pound team. But because they run so few plays, they were 28th in the NFL in actual rushing attempts last year. <sighs> People think, oh, no, they got to be top five. No, (laughs) because they don't run any plays. They never get a first down. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So so they can have volume, but actually it's not enough volume to be fantasy. Uh, I mean, I don't see a running back two, solid running back two out of this Rashad Penny or Kenneth Walker.
1: And I'll take – if i got to take one of them, I guess, I'll take Rashad Penny because I think Pete Carroll, the head coach – loves to stick with the veterans. He's going to give Penny the first shot. And if it gets to a point in the season where, you know, they're three and ten, yeah, maybe they say, okay, Kenneth Walker, let's give him a shot for now. But uh I'm gonna take a i am going to take a if I gotta draft one of them right now, I guess I'm gonna take Rashad Penny because I think he's gonna get the bulk of the work. We know they don't want the ball in the quarterback's hands.
0: <laughs> no one wants the balls in the quarterback's hands of Ruck of Gino
1: Smith. No. No. Both of these guys, they're backups, okay? So unless they find a way, and maybe they will, to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo, Seattle threw it 525 times last year, which was second to only the Eagles, who threw less, my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm giving the edge to Geno Smith just because of his experience in the league as a starter. He was there last year. Uh, But let's be honest, Mauricio, we know how this is going to go. Geno's going to play the first four or five weeks. Then they're going to stank. Then they're going, to all right, let's give the kid Drew Locke a shot. We're going to see Drew Locke be Drew Locke. It's going to come <laughs> down to be who doesn't turn the ball over the most. Yeah. You remember Geno Smith, his first two years in the league with the Jets, he had 34 interceptions. So last year he started three games. He only had one. Drew Locke, he threw 15 in his year as a starter in 2020, 13 games with the Broncos. So to me, that's what it comes down to. Whoever can keep the ball for this offense to you know, run it twice into the line and then throw an in incomplete pass and punt, That's who's going to be the quarterback.
0: And this quarterback situation affects, obviously, the wide receivers. Right. Are you avoiding DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at cost at ADP right now?
1: DK Metcalf, absolutely. I did draft him in a dynasty league. And if you look at the Seahawks, so despite throwing the second fewest passes in the NFL last year, they led the NFL in deep passing attempts of 20 yards or more. That suits Tyler Lockett. And I think last year he had a little rapport with Geno Smith because Lockett was kind of off the radar for a while. He he couldn't do anything. Uh, So I'm in on Tyler Lockett really late because if you look at the guys who are going around Tyler Lockett, I mean, he is a Pro Bowl caliber player that you're going to get. Let me see if I can find him in terms of of ADP right here. But, you know, it's like rookies and stuff backup yeah. guys it's
0: peaceful and all, it's, it's it's really hard it's it's really really uh low. Yeah, right yeah rashad
1: bateman you know another run first offense uh, elijah moore with a terrible quarterback devonta smith another team that doesn't want to throw the ball so i mean lockett's got that boom bust potential maybe it's, i hate to say he's one of those guys better in best ball but uh who knows? Maybe this team won't be as terrible as we think because at some point they've got to try to get a first down uh, and they yes. really only have two passing options. So we hope one of them or, or both of them come through. But in terms of if I'm buying one of them, it's going to be uh, lock it. locket. There's no way I'm touching DK Metcalf in the, in the third, fourth round. Yeah. No way. Me neither.
0: Me neither. I, I prefer other options. I really think there are more solid options in the third round. Staying in the West – Ryan, let's go with the San Francisco 49ers. We have the running back to battle. If there is a, even a battle over there with Trey Sermon, the rookie Terry Davis Price, and Jeff Wilson, do you think Elijah Mitchell is secure with his running back or leader running back over there? Or someone of these other running backs can be like a shadow or like a menace to his volume?
1: Yes, yeah, so this is a running game you want a piece of, right? Yes, right. and Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback here. He's going to run himself for eight hundred to a thousand yards. But there's plenty of meat on the bone for everybody else. Last year they had the fifth most rushing attempts in the league while still having Debo Samuel have a monster season, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. So let's assume Eli Mitchell's a starter. He's a sixth rounder, right? He can yeah. never stay healthy. He's missed parts of seven games last year, but he's still rushed for almost 1,000 yards. But he so, was inefficient, though. Yeah, and imagine if they would have thrown in the ball more. I know there was a week last year where they finally started throwing in the football, and he seemed very capable. But it, here's what I think they, they want to do. They know he's kind of brittle, almost yeah. like Raheem Mostert, who just left town and went to Miami. So I think Tyrion Davis-Price, they drafted him. He's a big back, 6'1", 232 pounds, and he did nothing in the passing game at LSU. He only yeah. had 15 receptions in three years. So he's going to be a guy who's going to grind in between the tackles, and he's super affordable. If you want to take a shot on a guy with major upside to score touchdowns, he's the yeah. 62nd running back off the board, according to fantasy pros. Like, I'll take shots on that all day. Um yeah. totally. In terms of the other guys on the team, you know who? bothers me mauricio can he just go away is this jeff <laughs> wilson jr yeah, I know. <laughs> still on the team this guy's a fantasy pest just when you think he got this backfield figured out he slides in he's stealing goal line touches and he's somebody the team trusts you gotta remember yeah. wilson had 10 touchdowns just two years ago in 2020 yeah. Yeah, so that's crazy oh but yeah between all those guys i was really getting on eli mitchell last year if he slides in your league, definitely take a shot on him. But Tyrion Davis-Price, that's the guy I'm watching in training camp. I want to see if he becomes sort of that goal line back and, and between the tackles grinder.
0: I, I agree. One of my running backs to avoid this year is Elijah Mitchell. Really? At okay. ADP. Yeah. I, I'm targeting Tyrion Davis-Price in the late rounds. And what Brian just said, a very important thing, draft trade lands everywhere you can. Yes. Please. Yes. 800 to 1,000 rushing yards. That's a Jalen Hurts-type season, even a Lamar Jackson-type season.
1: No question. And then if you want to back up later in the draft, take Justin Fields. Yeah. Because Justin Fields is probably more talented of a thrower than Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts. I yeah. mean, his team okay. stinks, but you know they're going to be behind a lot. They've got a new offense. They're going to be throwing the ball a little bit more. Uh, I'm in on Justin Fields. Nobody wants to draft Justin Fields this year. And he's the guy that can kind of break out and help you win
0: your league if
1: you really want to wait late on the quarterback.
0: You know, well, at least I did it last year. I said that Trey Lance could be a league winner. Mm -hmm. Justin Fields could be a league winner. What changed with them from last year to this year? Actually, both are in better situations to thrive in fantasy football. So why are we not drafting Justin Fields? I know Trey Lance, it's QB 13 in ADP and all that stuff. But Justin Fields, it's free. Free.
1: Absolutely free. And I think it's just because he looked, the team looked so bad. And I blame that on the play caller. Matt Nagy was terrible. He did not put Justin Fields in a position to win last year. At all. So we'll see this year. They still don't have a lot of weapons. It's going to be, you know, Darnell Mooney and you've got Cole Komet and a bunch of kind of cast offs to fill in the rest (laughs) of that receiving group. But to me, it's almost like Green Bay where you look and you go, somebody's got to catch the football here. You know, they're going to throw it. You know, we don't want to draft Alan Lazard and, you know, Randall Cobb's a million years old and there's all these rookies and all. But you know what? At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is still going to put up. Top ten quarterback numbers. He's going to be thrown to somebody. It's not me or you, so it's going to be one of those guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and Justin Fields, it's it's a talented QB, and he has economic code. What he can do by by uh, by landing and rushing, I really like him.
1: Yeah, the O line I mean, stinks. That's the yeah. maybe that's going to help him break the pocket and run more. Yeah. Which hey, maybe that's what we want. You only need these quarterbacks, guys. If say you draft one of these running quarterbacks. You want them to run for 60, 70, 80 yards a week. That's like a free touchdown. (laughs) Then if they throw a touchdown, great. If they throw two touchdowns, it's a bonanza. If they throw for a couple, maybe they run one in, you're doing naked cartwheels down the street.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see that, but yeah, you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, following with the the training camp situations, there is one specific I really intrigued in Atlanta and they're running backs. We yes. saw Cordell Patterson have an explosive season last year. In the half of the season, he sunk a little bit, and, and Mike Davis was uh, used a lot more in the passing game. That I was surprised, but I know Cordell Patterson was injured. And now they drafted Tyler Algier. That seems a complement to Cordell Patterson. Do you, did you see the ambition of... A backfield here? Do you have a favorite one you want to invest uh, in 2022?
1: I think we need to look at Atlanta this way. Arthur Smith, who's calling the plays in Atlanta, used to be the OC in Tennessee with Derrick Henry. He loves that downhill run game with a big back. Guess what? That's what Tyler Algier is. He could be that base running back, first, second down, Corderell Patterson, he was PPR running back seven last year. Incredible role, scored 11 touchdowns, caught 52 passes. But this is an offense, Mauricio, that doesn't project to be very good under Marcus Mariota. So my question is, how good can Algier be on an offense that we don't think is going to score a lot of touchdowns, be in the red zone very often, or if they do, maybe they're trying to throw the ball in, you know, with their weapons on the outside with London and Pitts and, and, and Patterson. So between the two, I still love a quarter L Patterson. You can get him so late in drafts. He's going yeah. after guys like Ronald Jones, James Robinson, Michael Carter. That's just stupid. You can get both of these guys because nobody's drafting Tyler Algier either. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, get one of the two guys, but Patterson's going to be the guy catching the passes. And we want those high value touches. They are worth so much more in fantasy than a guy getting a three yard handoff on first
0: down. Yeah. Totally agree, Colonel Patterson is undervalued. I wasn't not that much in, in Colonel Patterson ship this year, but after I saw his ADP Sunks, I was like, oh man, put me in. Right. Like I run running in three? And Colonel Patterson is going to be probably third in targets in this in this team, right? Just yeah. need Kyle Pitts and Drake London.
1: He's an explosive playmaker on a team that needs explosive playmakers. Yeah. So yeah. the best part about Tyler Algier is he's taking those, you know, bumps and bruises in between the tackles away from Patterson. I don't want quarter Patterson getting first down handoffs. I want him getting jet sweeps, reverses, screen yeah. passes. That's what I want him doing because he's electric in space. Nobody wants to see him taking a handoff, you know, on third and one.
0: Did you see? Falcons using both of them in the same uh the same play in the same package
1: hey maybe uh, you know I, Arthur Smith's a pretty creative guy. he's done a good job designing run games in the past, so yeah. I, I'm excited to see what they can do. I know Patterson is kind of a flash in the pan. he's been in the NFL for a million years and really just broke out last year. but you know it's like we said, a team that needs playmakers is going to use who they have and you know and also. Tyler Algier is still a rookie. So who who knows how much they're going to put on his plate? Who knows how good he's going to be at pass protection, protecting Mariota's backside. So we'll see who gets in there.
0: That's the key. Pass protection for for a running back rookie, that's the key. And talking about pass protection and doing a third-run role and protecting the quarterback, we have Rashad White and the Buccaneers disputing the position with Gio Bernard. Everyone is excited about Rashad White, and it's like, oh, it's man. It's crazy. To... Why? Yeah.
1: This Why? Is a This is a kid. He's the shiny new toy, okay? He was a pretty good receiver in college at Arizona State. He had 43 catches last year. He, but he's really only had one season of any kind of production in college, right? So if, if go back and look up his stats, and you're going to be like, where's the other years? Where's everything else? <laughs> yeah. It's one season that he had any kind of role. So you're telling me this kid with one year of, of experience, for the most part, at Arizona State, is going to come in in what could be Tom Brady's final season, and he's going to take over this passing down role, pass protecting role over Gio Bernard, who had other offers to go other places, but chose to come back to Tampa Bay, or Leonard Fournette, who saw 84 targets last year in just 14 games, which was the third most in the league, only behind Najee Harris and Austin Eckler. So that's a very, very valuable role. I think Rashad White is massively overdrafted. Because yeah. Nobody's talking Gio Bernard. People don't even think he's in the
0: league anymore. Yeah. And, and actually, reading the Profitable Focus uh, draft guide in, in spring, one of the cons that Rashad White had, the red flags, and, and I'm reading it textually from the PFF draft guide. Work in progress in pass protection has the desire but not the refinement. So, do we're really thinking that Tom Brady, that wants a running back that can protect, is going to trust a rookie that has to work in pass protection? I don't think so.
1: No, not at all. That maybe. They drafted him to be Gio's replacement next year. Yeah. And they can take, yeah, they just gave Leonard Fournette a new three year contract uh, extension. It's not like they're trying to move off of Leonard Fournette. I know people joke about his weight and all this, but push come (laughs) to shove. Leonard Fournette is going to be the main man in that backfield. That's going to score a ton of points. So if you can buy the dip on Leonard Fournette and he falls to maybe the third round for you, I'm scooping him up every time. Yeah. That team's going to score a ton of points.
0: And we're, like, trying to determine who's going to be the running back on third down. Probably it's going to be Leonard Fournette also. <laughs> right. right. Like we said, 84 targets last year. Yeah. So, yeah, Rashad White is being over But we have to take a look in training camp and preseason. Speaking of other running backs, a role, an early down role, the other role in other team, Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. Sonny Michelle. Versus Raheem Mustard. I must say, Brian. I must say, I am a Chase Edmonds truther this year, and the ADP. It's like I put hearts on my eyes every time I see Chase Edmonds in the eighth round. He's going to be the for me. He's going to be the leader in touches. Mm-hmm. I know he's not. He's not a third round role or a third uh, uh, workhorse. And all that. And that Sonny Michel and Raheem Monster are going to be a complement for, for him. But Chase Edmonds, he's talented. He's efficient. He's a fit for this offense. I really love him. What do you think about these running backs in Miami?
1: And again, sometimes you just got to follow the money. They <laughs> gave Chase Edmonds <laughs> yeah. a lot of money to come in and play in this offense. Right? So, yeah. again you got Mike McDaniels, new head coach in Miami. Where did he come from? San Francisco. So think of that offense when you think of, you remember we were just talking about, Eli Mitchell and uh, Mostert, who used to be there, and then Jeff Wilson, and on and on and on. So they paid Chase Edmonds all this money to come in. He is great in space. That's where they want to get him the football. Mostert signed a one-year, $3.1 million deal. But we know he can't stay healthy. He's played in 16 games in 2019, and he had a great year that year. But since then, he played in eight games in 2020 and one game last year. Yeah, Sony Michelle's deal: one year, 1.1 million. So, yeah. most of getting three That's times as much. That's money. crazy to me. That's punching back money, right? That makes it's no it's sense to me. One one million for Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle last year. For the Rams had 845 yards and four touchdowns, but you got to remember, they also had Daryl Henderson. They had Cam Akers at times and no team threw inside the 10 yard line more than the Rams did. They were, they led the NFL in that. So you got McDaniels now with this new scheme running the football. You got a space back in Edmonds. Who's going to be that grinder between the tackles? You can get Sony Michelle for nothing yeah. at the end of your draft, and I let let people take Mostert. He's tweeting about, "Hey, I'm back, I'm healthy." blah, blah. great. You'll be in a walking boot by week three. <laughs> I'll take Sony Michelle in the second to last round. You know, before I take a kicker or a
0: defense, and I'll just stash him on my bench. And then sooner or later, you, you're going to have a flex option. I am not a Sony Michel through I think it's uh, not a good running back. He's inefficient, but if he can secure that role. In mm-hmm. Miami, he's going to pay dividends if you took it take it in the last rounds. No, you know what?
1: I'll say this about Sony Michelle. And I, I talk about this on the fantasy football hustle. Sometimes in fantasy, especially if you're in a 14 team yeah. league, everybody on your bench can't be a lottery ticket. You know, everyone yeah. wants to, I want all these backups because if they hit, I'm gonna win the league. <laughs> Sometimes you need what I call playable depth. You need a yeah. guy who when, hey, this guy's got an ankle injury, he's out this week, he's got COVID, he can't play, whatever it is, you need someone you can actually put in the lineup and pray they fall into the end zone. You can't just have a, a handcuff who's, you know, out there on the kickoff return team. You need someone who actually plays the game and that's, in my mind, what Sony Michel is going to be
0: this year for you. Yeah, I always praise, like, you have to, to take upside and swing for the home runs, but mm-hmm. actually, that's, that's very intelligent. You have to to have some of those guys that are not flashy, that don't have a lot of upside, but that can solve you a problem any week, right? With a ten points per, per Yeah, I'm per, not
1: saying load your bench with those guys. I know. But
0: yeah, yeah, him, of, one or, or
1: two. Yeah, or even maybe a, a guy we're going to talk about next, in Melvin Gordon, who yeah. you, you know he's he's going to play some, and if there is an injury, now you know things open up, and Melvin Gordon or Sonny Michelle become rock stars.
0: Talking about the the running backs at Denver, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. We hope that Javante Williams that this was the year of Javonte Williams. That Javonte Williams could be our top eight running back. Then Melvin Gordon signed again with the Broncos. Did you see a real balanced committee uh, here, like we had last year, or do you think it's going to be Javonte Show?
1: I mean, last year it's crazy to think that these guys split evenly. Yeah. But, and, and I don't want to say Melvin Gordon's a bad player. He's not. Melvin Gordon's no. a very good professional player. I just wish he would have signed somewhere else. That said, they drafted Javonta Williams early to be the man. Melvin Gordon's an older player. They let him go test free agency, twist in the wind, hang out on the street for anybody else to sign him. They got a new offense here with Nathaniel Hackett now calling the plays. He is known for targeting the running backs. So I think people are underestimating just how many passes Javonta Williams could catch. Think of, you know, uh, Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Nathaniel Uh Hackett was the offensive coordinator for Syracuse University here where I live. So I got to see him up close and personal. They're throwing checkdowns and screen passes to, you know, every kind of, you know, freshman and and degenerate we've got out there because Syracuse is not a very good football team. (laughs) But, you know, he was here. and We made a bowl game, I believe, the year he was the OC. So – I think it is the Javante Williams show. He's creeping up, though, Mauricio in drafts. Now he's sliding into round two. I think by the time the Kings Classic comes around, 14-team league, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I think he goes in the first round. Yeah, I I totally agree. In a
0: 14-team league, yeah,
1: he's going to be in the first round. I know my buddy Dwayne, he's telling me these drafts he's in. He's getting Javante in the third round (sighs) in some of these drafts. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'd take him in the second round easily. Easily, because that's how you're going to win your league. If Javante Williams hits, and you have to draft like you're right. A lot of people go, they draft scared. They draft for safety. Like, no, Draft like you know what you're doing. Draft like what everything you do is going to work out. Draft Javante Williams because you think he's going to be a top five running back. And if he is, great. And if he's not, that's fantasy football. You move yeah, on. I think the, the, floor, the Javante Williams floor, it's very safe. It's probably top 15. Yeah. I is mean, think floor? about it now. You're going to spread this offense out. They're not playing this dinosaur system with the old coaching staff. You've got an innovative play caller. Oh, by the way, you've got Russell Wilson at quarterback (laughs) throwing the football to Albert. Oh, Judy and Sutton and Tim Patrick. It's. I mean, what are we doing here? Nobody's going to be packing eight guys in the box against Denver. You're not looking to stop the run. That, That division is a shootout. You're going to have to score 35 points a week to win. And guess what happens? They're going to be throwing balls to the end zone. Pass interference call, balls placed down at the one-yard line. Guess who's getting that, that run? Javante Williams. He's going to have 10 yeah. touchdowns uh, for pass interference calls in the end zone next year.
0: Yeah. Actually, I love Javante Williams as a hero running back if you start with a running back. If you start with a wide receiver, mm-hmm. like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase in the first round, and then in the second round, you can snag Javonta Williams. I think it's an amazing start. Do you prefer Javante Williams? Saquon Barkley or Aaron Jones?
1: I would go Javante Williams right there. Uh, You know, Good line. I trust the play caller um, out out of all those guys. And uh, if you look at those three guys in particular, Saquon Barkley, he's a home run hitter. He's going to run for one yard, one yard, one yard, 60-yard touchdown. That's (laughs) who he is. Hopefully, I mean, his injuries have kind of been fluky of late. Uh, We hope he can stay healthy. But, again, pretty bad team. We think Denver's going to be pretty good. They've got a good defense, and again, great division. They're going to, to score points. Aaron Jones has got a split touches with A.J. Dillon. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls this year. I'm not opposed to him at all, but he's not going to have that rushing upside also that Javante Williams has. I think I that he's going to get a lot of carries taken away, especially on the goal line, from A.J. Dillon.
0: Yeah, I agree. Then let's move on to another offense that we think is going to be prolific. It's been in the past, have some holes to, to – uh, this year, the wide receiver position at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like everyone's job to reclaim, right? Juju Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the rookie Sky Moore, and McCall Harmon. Who do you think? I know I know what you are going to say, and and this is the moment I was uh, most excited for you to, to say in the Saturday Fantasy uh, podcast. Who steps up? in
1: this offense. I, I don't know. Like, it, it's not popular.
0: It's <laughs> <know>. Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> I know, I know.
1: <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster is a pro bowl wide receiver. Okay. And he could have come to Kansas city last year. They offered him a contract last year. He chose for whatever reason to stay and sign a one year deal in Pittsburgh. So he could have come last year. They wanted him. They've got a plan for Juju. so, and I've tweeted this a million times. Please follow me on Twitter at Drake Fantasy, by the please way. do it. Do it right now. Do it right now, please. So you got Juju Smith-Schuster out there in an offense that was number two in pass attempts last year, third in completions, and fourth in yards. You're telling me, outside of Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey is the one in this offense. But you've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's a one-trick pony deep threat. Sky Moore, who could be good, but again, he's a rookie. And... How many teams, what was he, like the 11th rookie wide receiver drafted off the board? It's not like they, right, so it's not like every team was clamoring to get Sky Moore, and you've got Miko Hardeman, who's never done anything in the NFL, and you're telling me those guys are all going to shine over Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster, who has a nose for the end zone. Go look up his stats and see how many touchdowns he scored in Pittsburgh. He has a a way to get open in the end zone. People say, oh, touchdowns are fluky. Well, if you do it every single year, you're pretty good at it. You know, you can find separation. And I think you're in a better offense
0: that throws for more touchdowns than than, than the offense you were. Yeah, Mm I can see
1: it. Right, because people are going to be doubling also Travis Kelsey. Yeah, So now you've got Juju. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's got versatility that way. I'm in on Juju. Nobody – in because he's not the shiny new toy. <laughs> Sky Moore is. And plus, Sky Moore has a cool name. If Sky Moore's name was Fred Wilson, nobody would draft him.
0: <laughs> you're kidding you're all, all my Sky Moore shares right there. <laughs> right there, Ryan. The Sky Moore Fred Wilson shares. Right. And, and what, do you think, what do you think is going to happen with Juju? You think – you see it? Aligning more in the slot or outside? Because we've seen like two tails, right, with, with Juju. The year that we saw it in the slot, it was amazing with Steelers. Then the next year we saw it from the outside. and, and It wasn't good or not that good what we expected. What do you think that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be in, in the role in, in Kansas City?
1: I'd like to see him inside, uh, but you also get Travis Kelsey, who plays a lot on yeah. the slot. Uh, I don't know. I think when you're spreading people out so much like that, it almost doesn't matter. But okay. he he excels in the slot, working over the middle of the field. He's not going to beat you deep. That's not Juju's yeah. game. So if he's working over the middle of the field, uh, I, I think he can have a really good year. Let Sky Moore go deep. Let MVS and Hardman the speedsters. That's their game. M Juju Smith-Schuster is going to eat with yards after the catch. That's his game. He's going to catch little five yard you know, dig routes and then he's gonna turn up field and, and win that way. So he's just a different player than those other guys, too. People look at it, like, oh, they're a the wide receiver. They're different players. MVS and Hardman are very different players than Juju. Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: Where do you have Juju's Mitchester ranked?
1: I mean I'm not a guy who comes out and does like individual okay. rankings, but I, I'm I like looking on ADP and seeing where people are taking him. And right now he's coming off the board at wide receiver 34. Okay, so guys going ahead of him include Amari Cooper. I would take Juju ahead of Amari Cooper. Okay. Um, who else is going ahead of him that I?
0: Cortland Sutton, Amon Ross and Brown.
1: Amon Ross Saint Brown, and I know my co-host Dwayne is is very very big on Amon Ross Saint Brown. I think there's a lot more competition this yeah. year, and. You know, yes, he earned those targets at the end of the year, but Swift wasn't there. Hawkinson wasn't there. Uh, Now they also added DJ Chark. Jamison Williams is going to be in the fold now. So I I don't see Amon Ross St. Brown getting all those same targets. You know, Adam Thielen is, you know, getting older by the second. Aren't we all, Uh, you know, Michael Thomas. ah, I know we saw videos today of Michael Thomas running (laughs) routes, but I mean, he's so old. He's kind of like I said, he's a one trick pony in the opposite direction. Uh, than one of these Kansas City guys. He's only a guy who operates in the short area. And if he doesn't have that burst off the line of scrimmage, you know, who knows? We'll see. He, he's he been battling injuries for two years. So I'm not very high on Michael Thomas. And he's playing with Jameis Williams. So, uh, Jameis Winston, excuse me. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I'd take all those guys um, after do you, Juju.
0: Do you take Juju smith Schuster over Gabriel Davies? One, that it's going to hype as hell this offseason Gabriel Davies. And the other one, Juju Smith-Schuster, just that has been undervalued? It's funny. I
1: mentioned that on a draft we just did on the fantasy football hustle. I said, why is Gabe Davis, who's the second option on a pass-happy offense, going around ahead of Juju, who could be the second option on a pass-happy offense? I mean, so there, you're, you're just buying the dip. They're both going to throw a ton. So, yeah, you know what you do? You draft a running back or a tight end in the round where Gabe Davis goes, and then the next round, you swing around and you get Juju. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, you're almost convincing me of having some shares of Juju Smith-Schuster. I-, I can see it. I mean, you're going to to have a piece of a great offense mm-hmm. linked with the very good, the best QB in the NFL, and we've saw Juju Smith-Schuster produce in the past. Probably he's the safe, safest option between Marcus Valdez, Sky Moore, Michael Harmon, and Juju. Probably I'm I'm like, uh, I'm really too high with Sky Moore. And I blame Derek Brown about that (laughs) a little bit. But Juju Smith Schuster, yeah, it it could be. I prefer Juju Smith Schuster, Dan Marcus, Mobless, candling and way better than Nicole Homer.
1: And people talk about Juju like he's this dusty old wide receiver. Like, (laughs) I mean, Juju Smith Schuster is 25 years old. Yeah, he's. he's It's not like he's. 31 or or Julio Jones who's going to play at 33 this year. I mean, he's 25. Yeah. He's been in the league, you know, he played let's see, one, he's 2017 he started. So he was super young when he came into the league. And then he played for five years in Pittsburgh. But I mean, this is a guy who's seen, you know, 97 targets in 2020, 111 targets in 2018 yeah. when he made the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, I I I'm in a, on Juju. Like, let's see what he can do And you know, Three of those years, he also caught seven or more touchdowns. So uh, I'm in. Sign me up. When you and I are on the clock at the Kings Classic in Canton, Ohio, at the Hall of Fame, and it's coming down, if Juju's on the board in like the fifth or sixth round, you're going to be eyeballing me, and I'll be looking at you, and you know the sticker's <laughs> going on the board.
0: We needed a Juju's Smith-Schuster-Truther in the Stadio Fantasy podcast, and we have it with Brian Drake. We have yeah, he catches, for all the players.
1: When he catches 40 balls and plays in like <laughs> seven games last year, just delete this from YouTube. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> no no one cared about this. No one saw this, right? <laughs> and for uh, finishing our podcast, our episode, Brian, there is a uh, hype going on right now in the training camps at the Buffalo Bills Uh uh, headquarters. No, I'm not talking about Gabriel Davis, because he is way hyped, and I think it's like, okay, again, Gabriel Davis? No. We are going to talk about who is going to be the slot wide receiver. It's Jameson Crowder versus Isaiah McKenzie. That it, probably most of us thought Jamison Crowder was the one that was to operate in the slot in this offense, and the first first uh, Time the bills go to training camp. The praise are Isaiah McKenzie doing actually great. What do you think about these two wide receivers? So I too thought,
1: wow, Jamison Crowder. He's a professional wide receiver. Yeah. He's a guy who can come in and play well. And you know what? Maybe he doesn't need training camp. Maybe they want to get Isaiah McKenzie and uh, um, uh, Shakur, the the wide the draft pick in there, and yeah. they want to get them some run. But remember. They went out and they brought Isaiah McKenzie back. He was a free agent. They brought in Jamison Crowder on a one-year, $2 million contract. They're not paying him anything. Nothing. You, they could get rid of him, and he could not even make the team. You know, it's not like there's a major investment here. Isaiah McKenzie, we saw him at the end of the year when Cole Beasley and Mandy Sanders were beat up, really produced. He's an electric player. He's always kind of been this special teamer, though. So I don't know if he can handle that role full-time, which probably is why they went out and got Jamison Crowder. But we have 184 vacated targets open and up for grabs without Beasley and Sanders. So you're telling me I got Diggs on one side, Gabe Davis on the other, and somebody's playing in the slot here in an offense that threw, I believe, the fifth-most passes in the NFL, sixth-most passes in the NFL last year. Like, I want a piece of that. If if it is attached to Josh Allen, Yes, sign me up, and you can get them for nothing at the end of your draft.
0: I, I agree. I'm starting to prefer Asim Mackenzie over Jameson Crowder, totally.
1: And that's something we'll just watch the camp battle. You know, read the notes, pay attention. These are guys who, especially if you're in a deep 14 team league like we're going to be in the Kings Classic, Jameson Crowder, whoever wins this battle is going to start in people's lineups most right. week in a 14 team <laughs> league. <laughs>
0: yeah. You, you you can't imagine in a 14-team league what kind of players you end up as starters. When it's, you have three flexes. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you going to be <laughs> the starting. Anybody
1: team. with a pulse. I mean, tight ends who get, you know, 20 routes a
0: game. They're in there like, put them in. Anybody we talked about could be starting today. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally, man. Brian, thank you a lot for coming to the Stadio Fantasy Podcast. It was a really, really amazing to have you. An honor. See you soon, man. We are like fifteen fifteen days only to, to seeing each other again. And it's really, really amazing. I'm looking forward to it.
1: I can't wait to see you, Mauricio. Thank you so much. I'm uh, ecstatic to get in front of your audience here on Stadio Fantasy. And uh, you know, hopefully these folks can come follow me on Twitter at Drake Fantasy, check out the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast. It's on YouTube. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Just search Fantasy Football Hustle. Uh, and, man, we're going to have some fun out there. We're going to burn Canton
0: down. Yeah. Watch out, Canton. And i can say go and listen to The Hustle because it's a really good podcast. I am a listener. I really enjoy it. They are doing really, really great things, great stuff, great advice. And it's really, really fun and entertaining. So and go. draft Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, please. <laughs> When you draft, you just make you think about Brian Drake and all his knowledge. Brian, see you soon. Y amigos, muchísimas gracias por escuchar este episodio. Yo soy Mauricio Gutiérrez y esto fue el Estadio Fantasy Podcast.